You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, Welcome back to another edition of the Love of the Star podcast. I am one half of this podcast. Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by uh, my much better half, uh, Brian Broaddus, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout and uh, co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, 2 to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday. Brian, how are things? Are you are you just totally missing football out here? What do you think? <laughs> I know that's such a I mean, you, you know, it's so it's I'm I'm excited that I get to call the game with Brad on Saturday to get to be a part of that again. But right now, I mean, these last two days, a kicking situation. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, we had you on today on the G-Bag Nation, and you were talking about offensive production. I mean, you know, this is the time you do get that FOMO where you're like, I'd give anything to be out there. I really would. And, you know, maybe another time. I think I was talking with Gavin Spittle, uh, our big boss here in in Dallas, about, hey, can we stay longer next time, you know, kind of a thing. So – We'll see. Right now, it's not doing me any good, but we're doing what we have to do. Uh, you know what? Uh, here, here's what I'll say. If you guys, as listeners of Love of the Star, want full training camp coverage from Brian Broaddus, then y'all need to blow this up. You need to share it with all your friends and make it into such a moneymaker for Odyssey that they have to keep Brian out there the whole time. That's clearly the I'll solution. Tell what, I'll tell you what. I appreciate. I do appreciate everybody that listens to podcasts. That you know, if if Diggs talks about being, you know, tri- Twitter being toxic, that text thing that we have at our station will be that's toxic too. So I don't know if if everybody wants me out there covering practice, but uh, I, I think I do. I, I appreciate you. The ones of you guys that hate me, uh, I'll do my very best. I promise you, I'll get better. Our listeners are overwhelmingly positive. I, I have uh, not seen any negative comments yet. So not uh, yet, not you know, yet. I, must be doing something right. In the there words you go. Of no, seriously, Bob, thanks to everybody that has been listening. And, and, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I mean, I think this is only going to get better as we get into the season. We get to, you know, get to talk about more things. I'm around the team more. Bobby's around the team a ton. I, I only see this podcast getting better as we go along. 
So I wanted to talk about two guys that have really stood out to me. Before we jump into the kicker news, before we touch on, honestly, next segment we'll talk a little bit about the Joe Witt situation. There's a lot of stuff that's been happening. Yeah, that's um, interesting, the Joe Witt thing. Yeah, but before we, before we dive into that kind of stuff for next segment, uh, I wanted to talk about a couple of guys that have flashed for me uh, the last couple days, the, these last few practices out here in Oxnard. Um, since you guys went back to Dallas, two defensive players who I think had been pretty anonymous and one of them who was actually getting burned pretty bad. Uh, but the first one I'll start with, Israel Mukwamu had a really great day of practice. Oh, I cut him today, Bob. Don't tell me that today. He was he was fantastic. Brian, you know what he did? He did what you love. He took somebody in the slot, CeeDee Lamb, and he carried him on the drag route across the field which I know is one of your scouting. Hey, if you can carry receivers inside on routes, you've got my vote. So, But it's funny because I was talking about Bell and how he separated uh, from uh, Coral and also McQuamu. Yes, yes so, he has. I, mean, I feel like there's a gap there, and he was one of those guys today in Krusty's corner at 240 that I felt like needed to kind of pick his game up, and it, it's nice to hear he had a good practice today. Before Joe Witt uh, had, had gone virtual, and again, we'll get into that next segment, he had mentioned over the weekend, apparently mentioned Mukwamu as a guy who who he liked. And then when he came out here in this practice, he took CeeDee Lamb on the drag route to the middle of the field and then was on him the whole time and then swatted the ball down. There you go. Uh, let CeeDee Lamb hear it too. Stood right in front of him and barked at him. And then uh, also came down during red zone drills, Will Greer, had, uh, you know, broken the pocket, tried to throw to Peyton Hendershot in the corner, and again, got his hand right in between uh, Peyton Hendershot's hands and stripped the ball out. Had a really good day in coverage, which I think that's some of the corner tendencies of, of uh, Israel McQuam, which is what he was at South Carolina. I think that's some of the corner traits coming out uh, when you see that. So so maybe that's another thing that they could view him as. Maybe they view him as another corner type of guy because they did have him in the slot against Lamb. So maybe he's a flexible guy, and that way they could justify, hey, we can keep an extra safety because he can do some other things. Bobby, he's made zero plays until today. He, he Well, he he was – I'm telling you, Joe Witt was talking about him over the weekend, and then Monday he flashes. I'm just saying it's worth it's worth noting. You, you know what's interesting? I got to say this is fascinating to me, we, and we'll talk more in depth about what Will McClay said during his media session on Monday night, but this was interesting. They asked him to, to – named the undrafted free agents that have stuck out to him. And he had three. Uh, and then he added Peyton Hendershot when somebody brought him up. But he had three. One of them, Marquise Bell. One of them, Dennis Houston, which I... Wow. You know, what, you, know, you know what I'm hearing around the team is the reason for the Dennis Houston thing, apparently? What's that? Is that it's, it's stuff we can't pick up on. It's apparently he is always in the right place where he's supposed to be on his routes. And that I guess that there's some stuff that maybe we don't know if Tolbert's running the right route or if he's in the right spot is that they're really thrilled with a, his releases. That's something they they're impressed with. And they're apparently impressed with how much they can rely on him to be where he's supposed to be. How about make some plays? I'm telling you. How about make more catches than Simi Fajoko or make more catches than Noah Brown? I I don't I don't disagree with you, but you know who the third one was that he he brought up on his own, and I was very surprised because this is the first time I heard the name all camp. Well, you said Bell, right? Yeah, Marquise Bell and Dennis Houston, defensive tackle Mika Tafua from Utah. 
Okay. Tua chases every ball. He chases number 52, right? Yeah. I think yeah. I about that. Yep. Yep. He, you he are. He chases every single ball, no matter where it is. I mean, if you're watching the tape every night, you're probably going, oh, hey, who's the 52 hustling? Who's the 52 that's, you know, I, I, again, that's, Good. I mean, if that if they're if those are the guys who are talking about, you know, the thing with Houston, they, they've I mean, been pushing. He Houston gets a that. lot of first team looks. Yeah, you know, and and are they playing it because he's because he's smart? He's not going to bust and all that. I I don't know, man. I I don't know. But I the thing with that defensive tackle though, he he is a hustling, try hard dude. When you went to pool. Mike, McCarthy, Mike McCarthy got asked about him in his press conference on Tuesday and couldn't say enough nice things about him, too. Yeah, so that's, that's the guy watching. See, that's, that's a, the thing I miss. Name that's, we have not thing, yeah, that's where I miss working for DallasCowboys.com yeah. because I always got to watch practice tape, you know, yeah. and, and those are the kinds of things you pick up when you're watching tape. Yeah, and so that's a name that maybe we need to talk more about because, and that's already a crowded defensive line room, but that was a guy that Will McClay hey, had to go whispers. out of his break. There's whispers about them trading Tristan Hill. Did you hear yeah. that today? Yeah, I've heard whispers about Hill or and or Basham. Oh, uh, Basham, they, Basham I can understand. Hill's actually played pretty well for these guys. But also, I mean uh, – you know, at what point is it going to click? Like, like, you remember Taco Charlton, when they finally walked away from Taco Charlton, he played well in that preseason. Yeah. And so, I mean, they, they've not been afraid to walk away from it before. Uh, speaking of guys that, you know, they haven't been afraid to, uh, or, or a guy that I guess they have been afraid to walk away from, because I personally would have done it over the, uh, the summer, a guy who had a fantastic day today. I mean, I am all about, honestly, trying to point and say, there you go. There, the play doesn't match up. Just let go of Kelvin Joseph because Kelvin Joseph, I think, is never going to grow up. That that's or at least isn't going to grow up in a timely manner for what the Dallas Cowboys want to do. Um, and so I, I'm always looking at like, good. If the play doesn't match and the maturity doesn't match, just move on. Don't don't waste your time with this. And so I, I've always got eyes on him to see how he's playing. And uh, man, there I couldn't say anything critical about Kelvin Joseph today. He was awesome uh, he was sticking to everybody in these one-on-one drills he was getting his hand in. it was like four straight reps on goal line passes that he broke up whoa i mean he, he was incredible out there today all right bob you we both were kind of hearing that he had a rough off season i'm not just talking about what happened right you know, in dallas with all that that he you know that they was not charged with but were you hearing things about him getting a late start into the offseason programs and there were a little bit of doubts about him and stuff like that? Yeah, so typically, uh, some fans may not know this, you're limited the amount of interaction you get with the coaching staff during the offseason. So that's why so many of these players have personal trainers or skill trainers or, or whatever else um, to work with them during the offseason. It's to get in that extra work and prepare for their – their time with the coaching staff when they get to see him later in, in the off season. And so uh, I had just heard some chatter that Kelvin Joseph did not get started in that respect till way late in the summer. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, and, and that's troubling given, you know, I, I think some of their issues with 
his maturity and everything else. I, I, I think that outside of just the off the field concerns, they want him to learn how to be a pro. They want him to learn how to be a professional football player. Emphasis on professional. What does it mean to be a professional? What does it mean to handle your business, how to prepare your body during the off season, things like that. And I had heard he, he didn't do great with that this off season. And then I I've heard that at times there's been a little bit of, a little bit of head butting with Al Harris, the, the cornerback. Yeah. And, and, and Al Harris, I I'm sure, you know, from your time in the league, Al Harris was a, a, a salty personality. It's part of what he made was. him. He sure was. It's part of what made him such a good football player. And it's part of what probably brings out, you know, uh, good things in certain players, but you know, it's like, uh, it's like Jimmy Johnson used to say that like, you don't necessarily treat all your kids the same. You, you parent them tailored to what they need. And that's, you know, one of those things where I'm sure the Al Harris method gets it out of some people. I don't know that it gets it out of Calvin Joseph. And so I think that that's caused a little bit of friction, but you know, they're, they're working through it and he had a great practice today. So that's at least an encouraging sign. Do you still have hope for Calvin Joseph's future here in Dallas? I do. I do. But I, you know what? He needs to have more, you know, what are we 11 practices in 12 practices in, oh, Yeah. you know, it, it, you know, I'm impressed with a guy. Okay. A, a guy like with Noah Brown, I know, I know Noah Brown's a six year guy. I get it. But you know, every day that guy does something every single day. Now let's see if it translates towards the regular season and, you know, all with that. But I, I needed Kelvin Joseph to be good from the jump. I yeah. needed him to compete and put pressure, you know, on, uh, on Brown. I needed him to put pressure on Brown to maybe have to put pressure on Jordan Lewis. I, I just wanted these corners. I wanted him to be a part of this mix because I feel like all the starters have done a pretty good job. Now say what you want about the one-on-one stuff that happened the other day with Diggs. Which I, mean, I, I wrote an article about that over at 1053thefan.com. There you, go. There you go. Go check that article out, of, you know, on the website. But that's – that's I needed Kelvin Joseph to come in with that, to put all that stuff behind him that happened in downtown Dallas and then go be a football player. You know, that's what I needed from him. And it's good to hear that he at least had a productive day today. And let's see if he can – you know, when they get to the Denver, let's get to the Denver game. Let's see next week. You know, start putting practices together where I can rely on you. Yeah, I think that that's fair, and it's a, at least a good start. We'll see if he's able to to carry it over into, uh, you know, further practices and then into the regular season. Really quickly, you mentioned Noah Brown. He's continued to have a, a lot of really strong practices. The guy who just keeps hard charging and every day is making – really tough contested catches, making making great catches, you know, where he's tapping his toes, you know, to stay in bounds. Simi Fajoko has completely leveled up since he got in pads. And, and Mike McCarthy and I talked about him that uh, that's a guy who he sees is making that second-year jump that you expect out of your players. But, man, Ryan, that size, I mean, he's a, he's a 6'3", 225-pound guy that runs 4'4". Right. So I, I mean, with that body type and that athleticism, there's a lot of special traits there. They've just wanted to see consistency. And I got to say, out here at these practices, other than CeeDee Lamb, Simi Fajoko has looked like the best receiver on the team to me this week outside of CeeDee Lamb. Well, you know, and and that's and that's good. I mean, that that's you, – you absolutely have to have – you know, you had to have guys step up. You had to have 
Simi Fajoko step up. You had to have Noah Brown step up. You know, you have to have with, with the wide receiver situation, the room, the way it is, you know, Stephen Jones in the, in the front office talks about not going out and getting somebody. I think it's more about that they feel like, and, and we've made news, you and I, on the podcast about talking about is Michael Gallup more sooner than later? Well, let's see. But the fact that they've got other guys stepping up, Brown, Fihoko, you know, and working against corners that I feel like they've had pretty good camps. I'm I, I that that makes me feel good that 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 people have actually stepped up because training camp. Everybody says, "Oh, well, that this guy got cut. This guy got cut." A lot of these players cut themselves. You know, Jonathan Garibay cut himself. He just didn't perform well enough. So you've got to find a way to keep stacking those days, you know, and being productive, and give them a reason to keep you on the fifty-three. And I think Simi Fajoko and Noah Brown, at least at wide receiver, and I know they got some banged up guys over there. At least they've given me some hope that they they maybe can have some production out of those guys. Yeah, that's one thing. As we look ahead to like what what are things that you can look forward to in these you know combined practices, which uh, I believe they'll have their first one before we talk to you guys next on Friday. Um, that's one thing that I think you should look out for is. Do these practices from Noah Brown, TJ Vasher, Simi Fogo, some of these receivers, does it translate when they're up going against these other teams? Uh, you're listening to The Love of the Star. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Okay, Brian, so we've referenced it a little bit uh, already. There, the The kicking situation hit critical mass um mike mccarthy had told us hey you know let's let's you know not get too impatient here there's some whipping wind coming over the tennis court jerry jones told us look we're not that worried about it bones fossil told us we're not that worried about it then lo and behold we find out on monday oh they'll be trying out kickers on tuesday and and when will mcclay had spoke to the media on monday afternoon uh, i want to get the the quote exactly right he said that the kicking, quote, hasn't been to the level that we want. So that was the most direct assessment. of There's the, the most honest guy in the building right there. A hundred percent. And so he said, so we're bringing in these four guys to work out. Uh, and ultimately, it's it's our old new kicker. Uh, our old friend Brett Maher gets signed. Uh, he was out there practice today wearing Amari Cooper's old 19. And uh, it was goodbye, Jonathan Garibay. Uh, you, I think you were right. You said uh, the other day, you don't think our, this kicker's on the roster yet? Uh, Liram who responded at, on, at practice on Tuesday, went 11 to 12, looked really solid. Uh, but ultimately, 
I think when you look at they had Zerline, they loved Garibay, they're bringing in Maher. What do all of them have in common? Big, powerful, strong legs. They've got range. And that's one thing Hyrule who doesn't have. He's He's been really reliable, about 45 inside at these practices. Anything further, and, and you start testing his range a little bit. There's some stuff that falls short. Um, so I think the, the obvious look to me here is they are going to do everything they can to find a kicker with range that can beat Hyrule And if they can't do it, it'll be kind of a Tyler Biotish situation where they go, all right, I guess him, because we, we don't have anybody can, who can do exactly what we want. But uh, it sure does seem like what they want out of their kicker is they want a boot. They want range. Well, yeah, because Mike McCarthy doesn't try and gain another yard and then again in the Charger game and kicks, what, a 58-yard field goal to win it. So, yeah, yeah you know, I, I, I'll say this. There are a lot of guys in that organization, the Cowboys organization, that were really, really on, on uh, Garibay. I, you know, there were uh, Bones Fossil, Henry Shroka, who helps out the kicking situation, who's in pro personnel. Uh, Chris Hall was even talking about it. Uh, you know, uh, Sam Garza. There's people that went through Texas Tech, and with a small sample size, felt like that this kid could handle it. Yeah. Where they missed out, I think, is the pressure really got to the kid at the, at, during these practices. You know, yes. and that's where at Tech, maybe you didn't see it. He, he made some big kicks. And before you Red Raider fans start coming after me, I get it. The kid, you know, he, he had a strong leg and all that and won big games and kicked long field goals. I get it. But I felt like when you watched him, every miss kick was like taking a truckload of dirt and dumping it on him. And just when he felt like he was getting to the top, another truckload of dirt would come and get him and all that. So I, I don't, I don't, I think that I would not be surprised. You know, I don't know if the kid will come back on the practice squad, but when they get the 16 names for the practice squad, I would not be surprised if they bring him back. Now he might just tell them, Hey, I don't want to be a part any more part of this situation. I don't want to be on your practice squad, but I know there's enough people in that building that really like this guy that they would think that maybe a little development, maybe a little keeping him around, maybe going through that whole experience might be the best thing for him. How, and I know you've said before, you, you never really got kicker down like other positions when you were evaluating talent, but how never. much position in your experience is what goes on between the ears. I, yeah. I mean, how, how easily can the mentals break a good kicker? Oh, it, it, well, look what happened with, uh, you know, look what happened with Dan Bailey. You could talk about the back and all the things that he was dealing with and the health and all that. Once that confidence starts to wane, and now, and then you've got us out there every day. They, they will tell you, they will tell you here in Dallas, that because remember Maher getting the job over Bailey was a huge surprise that year. We didn't they'll, know. We didn't they'll know. Tell you, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll tell you they thought his mentality was broken. See, that's what I'm saying. We didn't know there was a kicking competition. I remember being on uh, Talking Cowboys with Mickey Spagnola, and I'm like, 
Mickey, I don't know about you, but I didn't think there was a competition at kicker. And there really was. I mean, we weren't charting the kicks. But with Garibay, every single day, it went from, okay, we're just kind of doing this and doing, you know, we're just kind of having practice the first couple of days. And then all of a sudden, we got these mojo moments. We got these mojo moments where, oh, wait, we're we're kicking field goals for real. And, oh, wait, we're now doing more field goals. And, oh, wait, this has become, as you said, critical mass. And now we're having to kick a lot more field goals under some extreme pressure. It went from being a very comfortable camp for these kickers to being like a ball buster, pardon my expression, for these guys. Because every day, not only were they the you know Henry Sroka and them charting kicks, Todd Archer was charting kicks. Uh, you know, uh, Clarence was charting kicks. Everybody was charting kicks. And the pressure just, I think, just became too much for him. And I think that's what I think that's what ultimately got him at the end. I, I want to dive into some of the Will McClay stuff, and, and I'm going to try and shoehorn in as much as this. But you just said something that, that gave me a, a fun idea for a little dovetail topic really quick, which is you say there that you told Mickey Spagnola the line, I didn't know we were witnessing a kicking competition. After you, from what you saw while we were out here, do you think, just try and think through it a little bit, see if there's, do you think there's a place where there's a competition right now where we don't realize there's a competition? I said it on the radio today, Bobby. Until Will Greer got hurt, I think there's a competition at backup quarterback. I did too. I didn't think there was when we got here. And as practice has gone a lot until, and that's something we haven't mentioned yet. Will Greer left practice on Tuesday. Uh, I heard, I know you heard it was a groin injury, Brian. Groin injury, right. Um, you know, went into the medical tent and then went off. That was really disappointing because he has been so much better than Cooper Rush out here. And that was something that was starting to build some buzz around here. It was, oh, it, it, Will Greer might be better behind Dak. And so that was one for sure that I think well, is there. Yeah. I'll say this though, Bob. The thing that I was told about Will Greer is, Yes, there's a competition. No, they're just not going to give him the job. He's going to go have to win this job. And now with this injury, man, I hope that doesn't throw his, you know, throw him out of the the mix of of competing for this opportunity. Because I agree with you. I think he's been better than Cooper Rush. I, I now this is not my question, but somebody threw this out on Twitter this week. So so in the name of competitions, we didn't realize there was a competition. And a callback to last segment where we were talking about, man, Mukwamu looked good, and he got a bunch of chatter, and, and we know they love Bell and everything like that. Somebody asked me on Twitter this week, and I said no. I didn't think there was. But should we be thinking potentially that maybe does Donovan is Donovan Wilson completely safe? That's an injury-prone guy, and they're getting heavy at safety. And, and he hasn't really flashed out here. Man, that dude is a blow-em-up guy. It's special teams, something's going to show up. I have him on the team right now because I haven't seen anything. I've seen him play in NFL games. Yeah, I really haven't seen McQuamu play in NFL games. No, and, and I, I, I agree. We've had, we've had 11, 11, 12 practices, and once again, Bobby Belt, who's my eyes in Oxnard, is telling me that McQuamu had a great practice. We're 12 practices into this damn thing. You know what I'm saying? So unless something changes in Denver or with the Chargers or with that last game with Seattle, 
I you you can sell me on Mukwamu all you want until he puts some of those days like Kelvin Joseph together, put some of those days in there. That's fair. And I, I do agree that I think he's he's on the roster. Uh, I, I don't think he's getting cut, but it was an, it was interesting to me because then I got to thinking about it and I was like, you know, Mukwamu flashed on Monday and Duran Bland has flexibility to play both. And they like Deron Bland. Bland. You guys keep telling me about Deron Bland, and I how to get the future for you a little bit. I don't. I mean, I don't know, Bobby. I don't know. I mean, that's the disadvantage of not watching the tape. That I don't know. I mean, I I'm thinking, oh, this number thirty was a draft pick. Oh, great, all that. Where, where he he, he showed up in the red zone drills today. By the way, he he had a couple pass breakups here today. What was, the, so you, what was the deal? Like everybody that hasn't shown up for eleven practices decided to show up today. These red zone drills, they were the red zone drills. They had it today. These little back shoulder fades and you know trying to get open in the back of the end zone. That was really tough for the offense today, but. Bland is a guy who I get the feeling for you. Bland's a little bit like Dennis Houston, like where it's like, man, I keep hearing it, but where is it? I don't, I don't see it. I, I, I hope he proves me wrong because everybody talks about it. I've yet to see it. That's that's fair. So we, we did get a chance. I've mentioned here a couple times already. We got the chance to talk to Will McClay, uh, a couple interesting things there talking about his future, you know, uh, why he hasn't decided to take another job. Well, yeah, what could potentially cause him to take another job in the future? Uh, you know, you know, diving in on things like that. Uh, but he also got into some personnel questions. A big chunk of it was the kicking stuff, which we've already touched on here. Uh, but I thought he's there were a couple the of honest guy we got. Everybody else well, is lying to you because he's the only honest guy we got. I think it's important to to know what he said about the competition or the discussion that's given us the most fits or, or the most questions and curiosities. And that's again, that left guard spot. Oh. Now Monday was not great for Tyler Smith. They got him on some twists. He got kind of, you know, tangled up and, and is it Osa little... again? Osa again? Uh, no, on that one, that was a twist from, I'm trying to think. I think, I think. Oh, Carlos twist. Him. the twist. Oh, yeah. oh. The twist, he was having a lot of trouble. His feet were getting tangled he usually, up. He usually handles that him and Smith, him and, him and Tyron now, 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 that. Now, 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 that's probably part of it is that when he when those twists were giving problems it was, it was with ball at left tackle okay D- all right now don't tell me D- you know go but, away but, go but, away go but, away but he did did have a couple reps in in one-on-ones against Watkins and some other guys where they gave him some issues he had a good you always will see the power a in the second athletes. year player and a rookie handling Watkins and who else Golston, I think it was. Okay. So, Man, I mean, that's a, a, ball. Ball's kind of gone backwards for me, right? Yeah, we're we're back to you're you're done. You're unapologizing to Josh Ball. Uh, but but Wait we, a minute. if if it, okay, if Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith are busting twists, then you've got my attention. But Ball, man, I just I don't know. I don't know about yeah, that. I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. But I mean, he did have some penalties. He was he was grabbing outside the shoulders in ways. That's that what he, happens when he gets off balance. No, no, no. But he was doing that lead blocking too, like like oh. getting you know, outside. It was not just in the twist. He was doing. He came up and he was supposed to seal off Leighton Vanderesh on one play. He yeah. grabbed him by his shoulders and twisted him down. There were a couple. He he just got a little sloppy with his hand technique, and it came on a day where Connor McGovern was probably at his best. That was the best I'd seen Connor McGovern look at practice was on Whoa. Monday. All but right. back today, Tyler Smith was ahead of him. 
And the question got asked, like, hey, should we read anything into Connor McGovern getting the first snaps every single day with the first team? They're switching them out, but he gets the first ones. And the question was asked, should we read into that in terms of, you know, Tyler Smith? Or even should we read into that into where how good Connor McGovern has been? And to that question, including in it, either how good Connor McGovern has been or where Tyler Smith has been, Will McClay said, absolutely not. He yeah. said, no, this is just how we're rotating these guys. This is just how we're rolling the reps. Everybody's going to get a lot of reps. We're focusing on getting him, you know, his work at left guard. And, and you know, it's just – it's the way the rotation is going. Connor's also getting a lot of stuff at right guard and fullback, and he's doing a lot of different things. Shouldn't read into anything like that at all. But he was also really complimentary of where Tyler Smith is in terms of how he's taking to the coaching, how his technique is coming along, and, and how the mental side is coming along. He he was really seemed impressed with how far except when he plays next to Josh Ball. Well, look, I mean, it can't all be perfect. And uh Josh Ball, man, I had I I mean, I had no hope, and then I felt like I was wrong. I'm interested to see if Josh Ball's got some rebound to his game. Well, we'll see. And remember, but here's the other thing I think we need to remember when we saw him looking good, it was at right tackle. He hasn't played left all off season. Yeah. And then they stuck him at left in the last couple of practices. That may just Man, be a strike. I need I need him to be better. I, well, I he's got your swing tackle, so he's got to jump left to right. He's with well, let's go hurt. So I mean he needs mm. to figure out. Well, last thing there that Will McClay said that I thought was interesting. They asked him about Trayvon Diggs and the criticism around Diggs and oh, is he an all pro player and some of that stuff? Clickbait, which I thought was great. I thought that was great that Will McClay would say clickbait and then David Hellman from Fox Sports said that it? He said, clickbait, yep. And then he, he expanded a little bit. He, he said clickbait three or four times that he thought it was just clickbait and that there's no debating Trayvon Diggs is an all-pro player. Is that just is that Will caping for his guy, or do you think that's Will you know, being the honest guy in the building again and saying, no, it's garbage to go after Trayvon Diggs? I'll tell you what, when Diggs doesn't get his hands on the receiver, he's in trouble. That's that's my – I, I will die on that hill. If When he does not get his hands on the receiver – it throws his game off. You think that and, you think that applies to his zone coverages too, or just man? The the zone stuff he's got to play off. I don't. I would never play him in zone because he, he doesn't. The quarterback, the ability, to turn, the ability to turn and just run. He doesn't have a burst. He can come downhill, but I don't see that turn and just shoulder to shoulder with somebody. I just don't. No, it's and not. That's why yeah, he's got a jam position and then and then mirror up the field. It's know? not it's not his game. You're right. But I just think in zone, it allows you to just basically read the quarterback, and he's so good at that. Like he's so good at reading those but drops. They double move him. They double move him sometimes in zone. He's in zone, it doesn't matter. Like like if he's just playing a shallow zone area, it's the double move's not gonna matter as much because the safety's deep. You hope. <laughs> well, yeah, you hope. I mean, as long as KZ's not back there. Uh, you're listening to Love the Star podcast. The Love the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it's time to turn it over to our, our dear, dear listeners for their Twitter mailbag questions. Uh, and, and we got plenty again this week, Brian. Uh, it, it always amazes me. You you and I sit here and we try and figure out what, what you know, what are we going to talk about for all this time? And you know, we just throw it over to the the listeners, and three times a week they give us twenty different things to talk about. So they do I always great job. They really do. Jeff Johnson asks, "Do you think there's a real chance Kelvin Joseph isn't on the roster this year?" 
eight. I would have said no heading into camp, but man, Deron Bland and Nishan, I know we've talked about Bland, but Bland and Wright to me have been better. Uh, Kelvin Joseph had a really great day on Tuesday, but you want to talk about consistency and just the entire camp they put together and then factoring in all the other problems off the field, in the locker, with the maturity, it's possible. I don't think it's likely, but I at least say it's more possible than I thought on July 27th. Yeah, I, 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 if they would have gotten rid of him, it would have been before they went to training camp. They Once he got clear, I mean, once he went and talked to the Dallas police, from that point on, he was at practice the next day, the OTAs and all that. And uh, the mini camps, he was there for that. Uh, didn't practice all the time, but if they were going to get rid of him, it would have been right after what happened with the Dallas Police Department, and that didn't that did nothing. So I, I think that Kelvin Joseph is is clearly on your football team. Who do you think had the biggest hand in that? Like like not wanting to give up on him was that Dan Quinn? Do you think that was a, a Stephen Jones personnel department? Who I think that I think that Dan Quinn. Obviously, Will McClay and Dan Quinn are extremely close, yeah. very close. And I, I have a feeling that, that Will will do everything in his power to help Dan Quinn defensively. Not to say he doesn't help Kelvin, uh, Kellen Moore and what's going on with the offense, but if Dan needs something, they will go and try and make that happen. Will has the utmost respect for him, and I feel like that – you know, Kelvin Joseph was something that Dan Quinn stuck his neck out on. And so I think they want to let see if that can, that can make it through. Question from uh, Jesus Flores. He says, uh, how is Isaac Alarcon looking? I got to say, I, I haven't noticed him a ton. Um, I mean, I've watched, I've tried to pay attention to him on a couple snaps, but I haven't noticed him good or bad a ton. The thing that has stood out to me though is, when I would get up here on the Pacific coast for the Sean and RJ hit, which I would do at 6 a.m. Pacific time, I was strolling in here at 5.30 in the morning, and every single morning, Isaac Alarcon was out on that football field by himself doing pass sets and, and working on things. And so I at least have a tremendous respect for his work ethic, and he is a mountain of a man. I, I know that they, they believe in his skill set, and they're trying to mold him into an NFL player. Um, but you know that's it's it was always going to take some time, Brian. I don't know if you noticed him at all, but but that is the one thing that I, I did want to mention that question because I did want to say I was very impressed that he was out there every single morning before the sun was up by himself working on the practice field. I'm going to be real honest about this. I felt like the learning curve was going to be pretty steep, but I also felt like that I was going to see more development from what he's done with the weight program, being on practice squad, working against, you know, getting those reps every day, working on the on the scout team and stuff like that. I want to keep an eye. I'm going to keep an eye on him these preseason games because you know what's going to happen? He is going to play a ton. Yeah. And so opportunity could lead to other opportunities. I don't think he's going to be on your 53. He's an international player, the practice squad stuff. Maybe somebody sees something with him. And I don't know about claiming or whatever, but maybe it's an opportunity where someone says, listen, this guy has worked long and hard. We're going to claim him and put him on our team, on our 53. I don't see it on the 53 for the Cowboys at this point. 
Yeah, and uh, I kind of wonder if if they were to hold on to him a little bit longer, do you think any of that is a little bit of PTSD from F.A. Obata? That that Obata they walked away from. Effie, no, Effie was he was. You saw him getting better every week. You but he saw was him. Sushi. Yeah, I mean, Alcon is. It, it, I mean, he's like for him until Alcon about has come a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you figure with all the time he spent with the team that that he would be, you know, it would be like, boy, we're gonna put him in there. He's boy, he's getting work and all that. He's yeah. gonna get playing time, but it's because they're not gonna want to probably play others right now. And I'm sorry that sounds really harsh, but I kind of felt like that with all this time that he spent in the system, that maybe that we would have seen a player that could have competed for the 53. Right now, I just don't see that. Question from Ed Schaefer, and I know this is something you've talked about on 105 Through the Fan, so we'll, uh, this will give you an opportunity to kind of flesh it out a little bit. Ed says, the report about Joe Philbin and Tyler Smith pick is super concerning. Who ultimately gets their way here? Explain a little bit about what you're hearing about Joe Philbin, Jeff Blask. Yeah, I talked to a couple, yeah, I talked to a couple of di- different people in the, uh, in the organization about this. I'm like, okay, because I was trying to get to the bottom of why – Tyler Smith's not a plug and play. And so two different people were kind of commenting about, about Joe Philbin and what's the backup. Uh, what's the backup? Jeff Blasco. Offensive? Jeff Blasco. Jeff Blasco. Jeff Blasco is the one Brian that is always the loudest on the field screaming, get behind, get behind. That's yeah. Jeff Blasco. If you okay, need Blasco and Philbin were probably – Probably they were not as high on Tyler Smith as Mike McCarthy and the scouting department. So, so now I'm thinking, oh, I get it. Now, not to say that Tyler Smith hasn't grown on them, but the two line coaches were not, not like everybody else was here, and the line coaches were just like you know, just a tick below them. Sure. So that I. Tyler, everybody believes that Tyler Smith is going to be the starter at left guard. Everybody I talk to believes that. And, and it's not that, 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 that Philbin and Blasco, those guys are blessed. Blasco. 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 Yeah. Not that they, when he gets the head coach, when he gets a job as the O-line coach, I'll remember his name. But that's, (laughs) but that's the thing that I'm kind of like, I don't think it's a problem. But I, I feel like that, you know, maybe initially that might have been where we're seeing we're seeing McGovern get the majority of these reps. Well, excuse me, they're splitting reps, but the fact that Tyler Smith isn't immediately a plug and play. And and look, I, I mean, I think we've discussed this a little bit on the podcast. I know you felt like there was also a steep learning curve for Tyler Smith. Do you feel better today about Tyler Smith than you did the day yes. he was Yes. Do you feel more optimistic Absolutely. about his prospects? Because yes. to me, that's one of the things that I, I liked him, but I also was like, man, that's gonna it's gonna take a little bit. I've at least I felt like he's further along than I expected him to be, even right yeah. now. And, I, and I, feel, I feel good about his work ethic and the personality there. I agree. Uh, next question here: Dean Julia asks, what kind of roles will Anthony Barr and Donovan Wilson have? Like specifically, what will they be asked to do most of the time? I feel like Barr is going to be asked to do 
I think Barr might be used interchangeably with Micah Parsons. So some of the how Micah Parsons rushes and plays linebacker does this. I think Barr is going to be doing the same thing kind of when he's on the field with Micah covering whatever Micah is not doing. And so I think they'll kind of swap around. That's That would be what I would anticipate. Um, and Donovan Wilson, I mean, this is a team that uses three safeties a lot. They use two kind of traditionally. Donovan Wilson is a strong. Malik Hooker is a free. And Curse is this linebacker safety hybrid that can do a lot of different things. Uh, Brian, I don't know if you see those roles any differently. I'll tell you what. I feel like the, that the the thing with Wilson, you're right. I think that, you know, how much is he going to play back in coverage as the free? Most of the stuff is going to be probably down, uh, be around the ball, be a tackler, that stuff. Bar, I would say that Bar, they might play less, say this, might play less of that big nickel with curse because you now have a linebacker on the field that can cover, that can rush, can tackle. So I was told, keep an eye on, don't look at him as a Sam linebacker or a Will linebacker or as a Mike linebacker. Look at him as a specialist that can kind of take whatever they need. And I was also hearing about some packages pairing him with Leighton Vanderesh as the two linebackers. And then that will allow Parsons to do what he needs to do along the line. Last question here from uh, Mr. Bombay. Was Fossil wrong for sponsoring the kicker with the big leg? I don't think he was personally because of opportunities to be able to attempt a 60-yarder and actually hit it. Uh, Brian, do you think there's, because we talked about it earlier in the show, it definitely seems like they want somebody with range. Do you think that's at all a little misguided? Should they just take the the accurate kicker the guy who who appears to be accurate 40 within easy money there and just you know take that profit and go home or or would you also be of the thinking that like look you got to have somebody in this day and age who can hit something for 50 i like the fact that mr bombay used the word sponsor i I think that (laughs) i know that's a brian folks folks are listening thank you very much for that uh no, I don't think he was wrong because he wasn't alone. You know, earlier this broadcast, we talked about, uh, I think the college scouts thought the world of the kicker. I think Henry Schroka, who's a, works in pro personnel, who does a lot of work with the kickers and charting and helping them and stuff like that. Henry was really, really big on the player. So, yeah, it was a small sample size. I just honestly feel like the kid under pressure cracked. I, I do. And I don't think that's anybody's fault. I really, really don't. But I think the pressure every day, every day, every day. And that's what you I'm glad you find that out now instead of week three against the Giants, yeah. you know, on a Monday night game, and you're trying to make a field goal to maybe win it. You know, uh, I think that they're I think that like I said earlier, he probably will come back on the practice squad with 16 if he doesn't decide to go somewhere else and kick but i don't think you could blame anybody here kickers are a very very difficult position to evaluate and i know personally this the years i worked for jerry jones and scouting we had steve hoffman i never one time had to go evaluate a kicker because steve hoffman could go to your lowe's or home <laughs> depot or wherever you uh, water burger wherever you want to go and he could get 10 guys and one of those guys was going to be an all pro. He did it every damn year. So I, I don't blame anybody. It's a, Kicking is a very, very different. Mike McCarthy said it today in the press conference. If you're fortunate enough to have one that's long-term, 
it takes so much pressure off you as a coach. Final question just for me, Brian. When we return for the Friday episode, who do you think we're talking about as as the star of the combined practice with Denver? I think what's going to happen is that a lot of these starters, a lot of these guys are going to get really good work. The Dax, the, you know, the, you know, Lambs, I think they're all going to get work because I think that the coaches can control the pace of these practices and can control not hitting the quarterbacks and stuff like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas's offense continues on a good run. We've, we've heard from you and others you know, every day they've gotten a little bit better in some areas. Wouldn't be surprised we hear some positivity about Dak and Lamb and those guys. Be interested to see how they block the fronts and stuff like that. But defensively, is the Cowboys secondary good enough to take what Denver's going to throw at them receiver-wise in those practice? And are they able to get pressure on guys like Russell Wilson in the pocket and stuff like that? If we hear some positivity on the rush, and the coverage, I'll be really happy about that because that means it's it's carried over and it's not just that the Cowboys are struggling at those positions, that they honestly are getting better. But I, I, I could see some offensive success and I could also see the defense, especially in the secondary, with some coverage and then with them getting some pass rush. My, my star that I think we're going to be talking about, if he practices, is going to be Rico Dowdle. I think if you see Rico Dowdle go up against one of these teams and you start seeing him flash with that wiggle and everything else, I think yeah. that's going to be a conversation. Well, if you just talk about individual players, I, I, I you gotta, I think they're going to have a hard time. Dalton Schultz seems like a guy that's going to, they're going to run plays and the boots and the waggles and stuff. We'll probably hear Dalton Schultz making some plays along the way. Give him that, give him that five year, $100 million extension, Brian. All right, uh, we will talk to you guys again on Friday after the Denver practice. We'll have all the notes from there uh, as uh, Brian will be heading to call the Denver game uh, on radio with the great Brad Sham. Uh, We will talk to you guys again on Friday.